I'm so anxious. I'm so anxious. Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says, Be strong and courageous, and do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And then Matthew 6, 31 through 33 says, So you don't have to worry. What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them. What you need to concentrate on is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. And then 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your care, all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. So yes, we are in a world where a whole lot of things are going on. These Israelites were in a land where there was new territory. I get that. I understand that. And yes, the people were big as they walked into Canaan land and strange. I get that. You do know, this is what the word is saying, that I've already gone before you and prepared the way. And you don't have to worry. I brought you through Egypt. I brought you through the Red Sea. You saw the plagues. You saw the miracles. You don't have to fret. God has never failed you yet. We all go through times of deep heaves, you know, dry heaves. Restless nights, relentless worries. Uh, we are uneasy. Uh, we, we've never been this way before, as they said back then. I, I, I don't understand what I'm going through. When you're going through a divorce, you've never been there before. When you're getting ready to move, maybe you've never been there before. When you lost a child, maybe you've never been there before. And we get anxious. And, and, and it starts stealing everything from us. All of our strength and all of our power, huh? And any would-be smile, it makes it into a frown. It's like a dark shadow that's being cast on our path. I get that, huh? Even our past is calling us. Things we've done, and they're trying to hunt us. And we just can't let them go. Whether we're in school, whether we're single, whether we're married, whether we're alone or lonely, oh, what a mess. What do I do now? Look at this anxiety. Look at this anxiousness. I want you to know God knows and God understands and God will take care of you. Don't you worry. Instead, pray. Talk to your Father, sort of like a thief in the dark, stealing any positive thought from us, uh, you know, like a pickpocket, stealing our peace, one piece at a time. Uh, anxiety is kidnapping our joy and is draining every resource of strength we have. It leaves us emotionally crippled and bankrupt. Uh, we've become spiritually paralyzed. Oh, we're so anxious. And it just refuses to go away. So first of all, let, let's, let's, let's meet this thing head on. Let's ascertain what it is that is causing our anxiety 
in the first place? And why does it have so much power over us? Are we ashamed of something? Are we afraid of something? What, 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 what do we think this thing is? It, it feels painful. It makes us uneasy. Let's grasp what this is. It, it is messing with our mind and it is striking a nerve on every front. Even, even when I start to believe it'll be okay, I just can't sit still. Then when it gets real bad, I have panic attacks. I can't breathe. I start wheezing. This is anxiety. And it's tearing me apart. And, and, and people are crying out saying, please help me. Okay. First of all, understand anxiety not only attacks your emotions, but it also attacks your spirit. So now what we have also is not just an anxiety and an emotional problem, but we have a spiritual problem. Anxiety likes to tunnel in on whatever problem we're facing. And it strangles any thought of where God has brought us from, which is what we ought to be concentrating on. Huh? It doesn't want us to hear about any blessings. Anxiety would rather you only dwell on your problem. Anxiety chases you away from the word, like Philippians 4.8. Think on things that are good. Think on things that are pleasant. Think on things that are pure. Think on things that are lovely. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. No, anxiety doesn't want you thinking on those things. Huh? But you have to anyway. We become so preoccupied with our issues and our circumstances until we forget about the power of God. God is bigger than your problems. God is bigger than your circumstances. Whatever you're going through, sickness, job loss, whatever it is, bereavement, God is bigger than your circumstances. He will go with you through your circumstances and he will bring you through your circumstances. You've got to get the right perspective. You've got to change your perspective. Huh? You've got to get a new paradigm. Huh? We must not allow the word of God to be chained up or choked out. That's how you beat anxiety. Our days ought to be filled with praise and worship, not with worry and fret. Huh? This is why we're on edge. We have allowed our anxiety to just run amok. And just listen to some of these scriptures on, on worrying. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And then listen to Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. You don't have to be dismayed. You don't have to worry. I am your God. And I will strengthen you, and I will help you. In fact, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Oh, bless his name. First Peter Five and seven says, cast all your care on him. Why? Because your God cares for you. And Matthew 6, 34 says, you don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got its own problems. Huh? Huh? You just give that tomorrow to God. You might not know about tomorrow, but you know who holds tomorrow, and you know he holds your hand. 
And then Psalms 94 and 19 says, Lord, when doubts fill my mind, when my heart is in turmoil, please quiet me and give me renewed hope and cheer. Oh, bless his name. John 14, 1 says, don't let your heart be worried or troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. And John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Huh? Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. And don't you even let it be afraid. And in Proverbs 12, 25, heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. So, so now that, and that's just a few scriptures. There's so many of them, uh, my goodness. You can just Google uh, uh, worry, worry scriptures. Now, now that we've reminded ourselves of the difference of temporary setbacks to God's permissive will uh, and protection, as in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which says, therefore have no temptation taken you, but such as a common demand. And God has made a way to escape that you might be able to bear it. So there's nothing going to be upon you that's more than you can bear. God's going to make sure of that. The word says so. So we ought to feel a little bit better. Now, no, no more endless fears, no more doubts and unrealistic, unrealistic expectations, uh, no more undue pressure. Our focus ought to be on the grace the love, the mercy, and the power of our God. God is consistent throughout the Bible. He never told anyone they would not have problems and trials. God simply said, I'm going to go with you through them. Huh? And he helped them with their problems. He helped them with their trials. Huh? John 16, 33, these things have I spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. Because in this world, Oh, you're going to go through some stuff. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And in other words, you're going to also overcome it. Take a look at Joseph. Huh? And I'm going to quickly go through this because I don't, I don't want to stretch this thing out too far. Thrown into a hole by his own brothers. They wanted to kill him, but decided, eh, let's not kill him. Then they sold him to the Egyptians. The Egyptians made him a slave. And then the, uh, the, where he was at the house, the wife accused him of, of rape. It was, it was a lie. And so then he was thrown into jail. And then he interpreted dreams. And the baker and the butler promised they were remembering, but they didn't. Uh, and, and then finally, after two more years, after all this time, he was remembered, brought out of the jail. I mean, look at all this stuff he's going through. Can you imagine the anxiety that must have been in his life? But through all of that, he ends up interpreting dreams for the Pharaoh and becoming second in charge, secretary of agriculture, if you please, in Egypt. And, and, and he says to his brothers when they came to get grain, because they too had to get in line for food, he says, what you meant for bad, God meant for good. Look how God brought him through. And then take a look at Moses. Uh, put in the river in a basket because the king was trying to kill all of the babies born, and Moses was saved by the king's own, the Pharaoh's own daughter, and raised by her. Forty years he's in the palace, and finally, after he sees all this nonsense going on with the children of Israel, he just can't take it anymore, and he kills a man, and he's caught, and he's sent out into the desert, 
told, if you ever come back, we'll kill you. And for 40 years, he's in the desert. And then he sees up on the mountain, a burning bush. God speaks to him. Look at all the anxiety he's going through. And now at 80 years old, God tells Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and tell old Pharaoh to let my people go. <laughs> you think he wasn't anxious? Uh, but you know the rest of the story. I don't have time to go into it. You can read it for yourself. And look at Elijah, how he dealt with Jezebel and how he said it wasn't going, it, it was rain. It wasn't going to rain for three. And then he made it rain. And then he took him up on, on my Carmel and it were all those prophets of Baal and, and killed all of them. And Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. Now here's a man who stood for God and worked for God and proved God's miracles. And then because Jezebel, the queen said, I'm going to kill you. He ran for his life. Look at, he started thinking about all of his anxiety as opposed to thinking about God. He told God, he said, God, you don't understand. I'm the only one left who's praising you, who's lifting up your name. And God had to tell him, Elijah, I appreciate your sentiment, but you're not the only one. I got 7,000 other prophets who have not bowed down to Baal. But look at what he had to go through. And then look at Esther. I got to move real fast here. Esther, Haman tried to kill her and all the Jews. And Esther went in there and, and her uncle told her, you got to go in there and you got to tell the king who you are. You got to tell him what's going on. And she told the king what was going on. And, and, and he told her, he says, this day, Esther, was made for you that you might tell the truth. This day, that you might tell the truth. And Esther went in there and said, king, this is what's going on. And she told the truth and saved the Jews. Huh? God told all of these witnesses. Don't worry about your problems. I got you. Huh? God told them like he's telling us, don't you worry, don't you fret. I got you. Do not allow anxiety to siphon your energy and your joy. Hmm? It can do such a job on some people until they, they can actually start to verbally attack others. The problem is not with the others. The problem is with us. Being anxious so much has hardened our emotions and our spiritual arteries. Our spiritual cholesterol is clogged with so much worry and fear until our arteries are blocked. The love of God, it, it, it can't get through. His immaculate grace, it can't get through. We become negative and cynical and bitter and, and mean and short with people. And we don't, be, we don't like people. But in actuality, it's us. We don't like ourselves. And I'm asking you right now, today, I'm asking you to surrender all of this, all of this anxiety. Give it to Jesus. Jesus said, give it to me. I'll bear it. Give it to me. I'll share it. If there's a need in your life, just give it to me. And I'm asking you to do this over and over and over again. Drop off anxiety at the altar. Huh? Anxiety is an unnecessary weight, and you need to give it to Jesus. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you in the name of Jesus for this message, because so many of us are feeling anxious, feeling undue pressure. Oh God, we just, we just want to give it to you as your word has requested us to do. Forgive us for our shortcomings. Forgive us for our sins. Help us not to justify, rationalize, or excuse our behavior but to just say, Lord, help us. Lord, fix us. Lord, change us. Lord, bless us. 
And God, we thank you for this message and let it resonate in our heart. Let us go back and renew these scriptures and renew each one of these witnesses, Moses and Elijah and Esther and Joseph. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we thank you for the answer and the blessing. Amen. Now let us hear from the Kurt Carr singers. Oh no, I almost let go. God bless you. Weekly encouragements by Namor. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. 
God bless you. Weekly encouragements by Nam Ware. Tell a friend.